This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies. Hello, I'm Eric Chabra of GovInfoSecurity.com, and I'm pleased to welcome Elaine Starkey, Chief Security Officer for the State of Delaware. Thanks for taking time to chat, Elaine. You're welcome, Eric. Glad to be with you. Briefly explain how IT security is governed in Delaware. My office is responsible for providing the, the governance structure for not only information security, but disaster recovery, business continuity, and our goal is to foster a climate of, of ownership and accountability over the information assets that we have here in the state of Delaware. My office is responsible for IT security in all three branches of government. That includes our education network as well. That is K through 12 in all of the public schools in Delaware. Is there any problem overseeing the judiciary and the legislative branch? Oh, no. We don't have those kind of problems here in Delaware. (laughs) Yes, it always comes with a challenge. I mean, each branch of government has their own policies and procedures, and there's always a challenge of trying to come up with a single approach to all three branches. We have a fairly good collaboration among the three branches, so we've been successful. Just the the fact that all three branches of government sit on the same network, it's a high, our, our core network services are highly centralized in Delaware. That provides the foundation for a lot of other centralization as well. So we, we've had some good success in that area. Traditionally, a lot of responsibilities that other states may give to local governments, Delaware has absorbed basically because Delaware is a relatively small state. Delaware is small. Our nickname is the small wonder. We are also the first state, so we use both of those slogans a lot. We do like being first, and our smallness helps us in a lot of ways. There's a lot of collaboration between not only among state government agencies, but also with our local partners, whether it's county government or local government, and our federal partners to an extent, too. We're able to get some things done quickly here in the state. You had mentioned that you're also responsible for disaster recovery and business continuity. How does that work? Being the central IT provider in the state, obviously the disaster recovery responsibility is somewhat of an obvious one. That does happen to be run out of my office. We run annual tests. We simulate some type of significant outage every year where our primary data centers are unavailable and we recover at an off-site, hot-site location. In addition to that, we also run the statewide COOP program, and COOP stands for Continuity of Operations. COOP and COG, sometimes it's referred to as COG in, in state government, Continuity of Government. And basically, it's much more than just how are we going to recover systems, but how are we going to recover all of our critical business processes. And first of all, let's identify what they are and what are the most critical and then determine where off-site work locations are going to be and, and where we're going to tell our employees to report to work if suddenly a building becomes unavailable or suddenly a Cat 5 hurricane comes up the coast and we all have to relocate. The planning process and the exercise of our COOP plan is run not only for DTI, for my department, but for other departments is run out of my office. When you talk about the disaster recovery, does it make a difference what kind of disaster it is, whether it's some kind of cyber attack or whether it's Category 5 hurricane or a pandemic? 
Very good question. We kick that question around a lot here, and the approach we use is really an all-hazards approach. Certainly, our plans need to be tweaked depending on what it is. A cyber, the response to a cyber attack is much different than a flood, for example. But in terms of the basic premise of the recoverability and the availability of the system, it, sometimes it really doesn't matter. So we use an all-hazards approach here. That's consistent with what's being done at the Delaware Emergency and Management Agency and, quite frankly, at the federal level as well. The State Department of Technology and Information, which is headed by the state CIO where your office is situated, is one of two cabinet agencies in Delaware, the other being the Department of Economic Development, that is exempt from the merit system in the Merit system is sort of a civil service system, correct? That's correct. And that means that you and your employers are paid for performance. How do you determine for cybersecurity that you're doing your job properly and then you warrant some kind of a pay increase? This is something that we're very proud of um, here at DTI because it is something that separates us from, from many of the other state agencies. In a time when there are pay raises available, we haven't enjoyed that in the last couple years, but when they do become available again, every employee does not get the same amount of increase like they do for employees in the merit system. And the way that we determine that is across the board, every employee here at DTI has a pre-agreed upon performance plan where important metrics that are relevant to that particular job, whether it's cybersecurity or a service desk or telecommunications, has that discussion with their manager on what are the most important aspects of their job and what are the performance measures, the most important performance measures. And then there's a mid-year review and then an end-of-the-year review. It's very much like the private sector. You know, those of us that came from the private sector are very familiar and comfortable with this model of agreeing on what the objectives are up front measuring and monitoring them throughout the year, providing feedback to our employees throughout the year, and then there are no surprises at year end. What are the metrics used in cybersecurity? There are several cybersecurity-related metrics that our employees are measured on. The overarching metrics are the number of security audits that are conducted throughout the year and overall cybersecurity posture. Those are department-wide metrics, but each employee on my team also has several metrics related specifically to their job responsibilities. I'll give you an example. We process the mainframe security access request form and we set goals for our employees to turn those forms around in a certain turnaround time to provide good customer service. We continue to kind of lower, in this case, lower the bar because we want quicker turnaround, and uh, that is something that we can track with an automated tool, and that team has um, an overall team objective to meet the, to turn around the security access request forms in a certain pre-agreed upon time frame. Do they tend to be the way they service your customers, various state agencies, or are there actually security measures in there? When I say security measures, I mean number of intrusions or things like that. Number of incidents or number of intrusions at this point are not part of the metrics that we gauge salary performance on, but it is something that my office tracks certainly not only the number of incidents that we have handled here at DTI, but also gotten involved in with our customers. 
is the reason that you're not counting intrusions is because that may not be fair for an individual employee to be responsible for that? Yeah, actually, that's probably a big part of it. I think the team approach, we realize that every particular type of intrusion or incident probably has multiple root causes. And to hold someone directly accountable, sometimes you can do that, but many times you can't. So it's more of a customer service type of approach. All of your workers, I guess, in some respect, are dealing with other people and, and, and you're measuring them and how they basically deal with these other people. As an example of that, our customer service metrics, you know, the survey results we get each year from our customers, that input is on every single employee's performance plan, that score. And, and we have goals that we set, and if we fall short, that is a collective team. Just not one person takes the hit. The whole team takes the hit. When the money's around and there are pay raises, it's, it's not – necessarily individual performance, but the team performance that determines the pay rates? It's a mix of both. On any given employee's performance plan, they will see not only performance measures that they are directly responsible for and can contribute to, but they will also see some team metrics as well, like customer satisfaction levels. And why is this a better way in IT security to determine performance? Well, I can tell you why this was created in Delaware, and it started about nine years ago when our new governor, Governor Minner, came in and wanted a kind of a top-to-bottom review of our IT, of the entire information technology posture of the state, and wanted to revamp it and improve it. One of the disadvantages of being in state government in a merit agency is our inability to recruit and retain high-caliber employees. So the model was basically turned upside down, basically. The merit system, the old civil service merit system, was replaced with this pay-for-performance model. And you find that you'd be able to attract more qualified people using this model? I do, yeah. It's been very successful. We can't compete necessarily with the private sector agencies in Washington and Baltimore, per se, and and maybe nor should we, really. But we have been very successful in recruiting a very high-quality, high-caliber team here at DPI. Thank you very much, Elaine. You're welcome, Eric. I've been speaking with Elaine Starkey who is Chief Security Officer for the State of Delaware. We'll continue our conversation with Elaine in our next podcast, where we'll be discussing data leakage. For now, I'm Eric Chabra of GovInfoSecurity.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.GovInfoSecurity.com.